You're listening to the Business Builders Book Club, helping you bridge the gap between knowledge and action. Whether it's an old classic or just hit the shelves, we've got you covered. Follow along with us and remember, information only becomes wisdom after it's applied. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Business Builders Book Club. Today we have Radis Rajakulam, and he's here uh, as our guest host today. And we're covering a great book. I had never checked it out before. This is something that Radis recommended to me. I got it right here. This is uh, Expert Secrets. It's by Russell Brunson. Now, uh, I had heard of uh, this book before because I know a little bit about uh, Russell Brunson. Um, he's well known for click funnels and for actionetics and all of the sort of uh, funnels and marketing side of business. But there's actually a lot of really good actionable information inside this. And it's not 100% all just a pitch to join click funnels, which is what I, <laughs> I thought it was. But uh, before we get too much into that, Radice, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man, Russell. I'm glad to be on here. Um, and yeah, I'm great. I'm excited to talk about this book because, yeah, like you said, it's a very good book with a lot of actionable steps, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there's there's so much good content inside of it. And it's, it's one of those books yeah. that doesn't spend a lot of time um, sort of floating about, like sort of framing things. It gets like right into here's things that you can do. And here's some actually actionable steps that you can dive into and apply right now. And it's kind of things that you wouldn't think of if you like intuitively, you know, it's clear that he's gone yeah. through some sort of um the learning process to get get some of these frameworks and some of these tips and uh um, exactly. yeah because it, it dives right into the content right yeah literally yeah absolutely so uh, for those who don't know you uh why don't you tell them a little bit about yourselves i when i think of you i i think of your huge social media presence and your focus on that so i wasn't entirely surprised that this is something that you uh that you recommended yeah. based on what i know about you yeah, well, I mean, yeah, my name is Radice. Um, I'm 19 years old, and I'm, uh, I'd say, like, a real estate entrepreneur. I have my real estate license, but I don't trade like how Russell does. Um, but I'm mainly focused on, yeah, content creation, um, again, on, like, Instagram and YouTube. And, yeah, it's pretty much what I do. Um, you know, I love reading as well. In 2020, at least the start of 2020, I was reading a book a week just until, like, the pandemic happened, and then I kind of slowed down. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much uh, a bit about me in a nutshell. Nice. Yeah. So it seems like you've really putting putting that emphasis on personal branding. And that's something I really look up to in you. And I think that everybody could be doing a little bit better, right? Like it's, it's the way yeah. of the future for a business, not even the future. It's the way it is now. Right? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And it's, I think one thing that like, I feel like it's like an evergreen business model, because at the end of the day, our personal brands are in a way a business model. And like, you know, it's like brand equity. I know a lot of people talk about that as well. It's just a nice thing to have. Absolutely. And it doesn't matter the platform, right? Like if you can build up an audience, you're going to be able to um, sort of bring that across whatever changes happen in the technology, in the like social media area, right? You think like people who built up a big following on Snapchat, they could transfer that over to Instagram stories. It doesn't matter what the medium yeah. is, right? Even TikTok, if TikTok shuts down, these people are bringing, like they're on YouTube. So it's kind of like cross-pollinates across social media and in a way diversifies your uh, your branding business, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's literally like how you diversify like your investments in like real estate, stocks, whatever. It's like literally different social medias are just different avenues for you to, I guess, build a brand, build an audience, make money and all that type of stuff, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. So that's definitely something that I see you doing and see you crushing. So uh, good on you for that. Uh, I'm curious, that. how did you how did you get into this book? Was there somebody who recommended it to you or did you stumble upon it? Yeah, so I knew Russell Brunson um, because of the whole ClickFunnels thing. I knew he was just literally like a marketing like god for the most part. Um, right. And I literally saw this book and I was like, okay, like I knew it was something I wanted to get because there was this one and uh, his other book called Dotcom Secrets. So one day, I, I think I was just like at the mall or something, and I saw it, and I was like, you know what, I'll just pick it up, I'll read it. Mm -hmm. um, and it was kind of, in a way, very beneficial, because at the time I read this book, it really impacted me a lot, because it was when I was first um, creating something that the book kind of talks about, which I'm sure we'll dive into deeper in a bit. But yeah, it was literally, it just went hand in hand. Like, I literally used this book kind of like a manual, in a way, for setting up what I was doing at the time. So that's pretty much how I got into it, and yeah, like my headspace reading the book as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, you know, I was thinking that I was just reading the book. I'm like, okay, like I see the things in this book. These are things that Radice has already done. You know what yeah. I mean? So I'm glad that you're the one talking about it because you're not somebody who's just read the book, but you've actually yeah. taken the time to apply it and have seen some results from it, right? Yeah, no. And I mean, I literally like, I use this book like, like a handbook. Like I literally had it have notes and like there's some of the sales copy I'm sure that you read as well. Like I literally recreated it for my personal um, business and whatnot. And it's just something that I often refer back to as well, because there's just so much, like you said, actionable steps. Um, like even right now I'm in a process where I'm going through something similar and I'm definitely like coming back to it often and just really recreating the actionable steps over. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm especially pumped to get into this because um, our first book, it was great. It was three sim simple steps. It more uh, leaned on the side of personal development and um, right. becoming the kind of person that you need to be to be successful in business. Uh, and that was awesome and it, it was perfect. But I think that this is, provides a good contrast that now here's some actual business advice and actionable practical steps that are kind of more on a micro level on here's how you do this thing. So, yeah. so we don't leave people out hanging out. If they haven't checked out the book, I recommend you read it and then listen back to the episode. We're going to talk a lot about it, but um, why don't you give the listeners at home a little bit of an explanation uh, in basic terms on what this book even focuses on? Yeah, yeah, of course. So essentially everyone, and I genuinely believe this, and I'm sure you do too, but pretty much everyone for the most part, they have something that they are either super passionate about or super good at. Um, regardless whether they're insanely good or super passionate, there's just some topic that everyone has that they can offer value on. So for example, one thing I can say is I am super passionate and I am, you know, I'd say a quote unquote expert, you know, I'm not the best, but I, I would still say I can give advice and help people on social media and, you know, building a personal brand. Um, with that being said, I'm sure Russell can relate in the sense that, you know, he is extremely knowledgeable with real estate and being a real estate agent. And with that knowledge, what a lot of people are, I guess, kind of missing out on is the, a, the ability to monetize that, um, I guess, the skill set and the knowledge. So this book kind of just talks you through like how everyone has that one thing or a few things that they can really build a business on just by teaching other people. And again, it doesn't have to be business. It can be, you know, soccer. It can be cooking. It can be playing an instrument. It can literally be anything because whatever you are again quote unquote an expert or passionate about there is someone else out there that would want to be in your position reach your expertise and learn from you so this book kind of just really hammers down like how you can in a way sell a product or an info product or a course or something like that 
Um, and yeah, it's it's perfect because it literally breaks you down the first few steps up. Because a lot of people think, oh, I'm not good enough to teach this or this or that or whatever. But at the end of the day, we all are. It's just we have those limiting beliefs. So it does have a, a lot of like mindset related stuff as well, which is something I like. But yeah, in a nutshell, it's pretty much what it is. It's called Expert Secrets because, again, everyone's an expert and we all have our secrets that we want to share, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we didn't talk about what the the, um, the subtitle for it is, but it's for creating a mass movement of people who will pay for your advice, right? Exactly. So you and they take a couple different uh, looks at this, right? Like they talk about like, yeah, like you're going to create an information product to to sell to people, right? But the idea isn't necessarily that that's the end goal of it. This can be sort of seen as a hyper cheap way to acquire and to develop relationships with potential clients, right? And that's what he does with ClickFunnels here. Like uh, the book is this information product that he's selling and there's some solid advice in it, right? But also yeah. it sort of sets him up as, a, as an expert in the field, right? Exactly. And it develops the relationship with him <laughs> as Russell Brunson for you to perhaps be interested in his other products, right? So for as, as a real estate agent, I, I could be selling something that is like, here's how to go through this process. And now you've read my book, you've, you've done my course, you have this trust in me and what better way to have a, a low cost per lead or cost cost per client to, to bring them into your business, right? It's actually a negative cost because they're paying for your information product. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like kind of ties in similar with like the whole, I'm sure you've heard of the Gary V like jab, 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 right hook where you're giving so much free value. And then, you know, you give them something that could be like a book or a little course or something like that. And it's like, that's only the beginning of what's to come later down on the road because you know a book about real estate that's amazing but that could potentially lead to like a real estate transaction right so it's just really finding that roadmap and again like the whole sales funnel aspect of it which is something that i really love absolutely yeah it, there's it, it's such a such a deep area of study that i think people don't don't talk about right how beneficial setting yourself up as an expert in your area and like the benefits that can have on whatever business you're in. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I agree. It's I feel like it's so like underestimated. Absolutely. And there's, there's one sort of point that he talks about at the start and uh, that, and the quote is contributing to other people's success helps you grow more than focusing on your own success, right? So the idea is like, if we can provide as much value through through creating content like this, then it's going to eventually help you in the long term more than just being isolated uh, and only focusing on, hey, what is this doing for me, right? A hundred percent. And I mean, like to add to that, like imagine if you were to try and sell your own product. I mean, people are gonna obviously think, oh, well, you know, he's selling me his own product. But what if you had, again, that mass movement of people who sell your products for you? I feel like that's just insanely powerful. Like, it doesn't even have to be selling, right? Like, it could be like, you know, you make, um, you know, like someone shares this podcast. Like, obviously, we're going to both tell our followers to go check out this podcast. Our followers are going to be like, okay, cool, they did a podcast. But if, you know, someone else was to say, oh, check out Russell's podcast, then it's like, oh, like someone else who isn't Russell is telling me to go watch Russell's podcast. So it has to be good. So it's like mm. when you continuously do things like that, it's just like, again, a mass movement of people just working on your behalf in a way. Yeah, I, there, 
they're working on your behalf and it, it develops this uh, extra layer of credibility in what you're doing, right? And that's what yeah. setting yourself up in this way can really do it. And it's in real estate, we talk so much about how important referrals are, right? And if you exactly. can get somebody to, to vouch for you, then uh, how, how easy is that going to be to be able to develop a positive relationship with that new person? Yeah, no, literally. It's like, I, I love it because it's like the same, like real estate and I guess this whole personal branding thing, they really do go hand in hand. There's a lot of similarities. So yeah, it's, that's a very good like analogy. I never even thought about that myself. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So getting into some more of the nitty gritty of, of the book now, it talks about um, some things that you need to be able to do and that is effective for you to do in order to actually create this mass movement behind what you're doing. Um, there's one important thing that they talk about, and it's like every big movement over time in history has had a charismatic leader at the top of it. Now, this is for, for good or for bad, right? There's always some sort of figurehead at the top of a, a large movement. And Russell Brunson suggests that you need to become that charismatic person that people can follow in order to get them to, uh, to take your advice and to, to value what you're giving them, right? Yeah, no, 100%. And I think a lot, like what he really mentions in the book is like the whole aspect of storytelling. Because people love stories, and when you have a story to tell, and again, it kind of ties back to what we were previously talking about, where people think, oh, what if my story's not interesting enough, or this or that, but at the end of the day, there will always be someone who can even relate to a portion of your story. So it's just like, becoming that leader, and again, like, being a leader, it's not easy to do, let alone being a charismatic leader, right? But again, it's all about taking the first step, and it's like, once you start to tell your stories, you know, we all have so many stories. I'm sure whether they're childhood stories, our teens, our adulthood, again, I know I'm still very young myself, but regardless, like we all still have stories to tell where, you know, people will be able to relate to it and they'll, you know, find an emotional connection. And I feel like that's where, again, there's that real power because people will look up to you in a way. Yeah. And we'll get even deeper into the storytelling element of it because that's one of the big takeaways here is that you can use stories to um, bridge gaps between people's beliefs. Um, but we, we can get even more into that soon. Uh, there's one thing that I wanted to touch on that really dawned on me in this. And it's like, when you think of, or when a typical person will think of someone who's selling them something, there's automatically sort of an unethical feeling to it. It's like, you're trying to get money from me and you're trying to um, take money from me by selling <laughs> me this thing, right? So that's yeah. something that people automatically think. And I, I, th I think this book does a good job of conceptualizing how you as a person can morally get over this this belief, right? It, it talks about how if you, you're selling something you actually believe in and that you think can really help a person, then it's your obligation to sell it to them or to bring it to them in the best way possible, right? So that they can actually implement um, the the information that you're giving to them effectively to make their lives better right uh and someone might say hey like why are you charging money for this then just just give them this information for free and i, I can see that point um, but there's one thing that stood out to me in this book and that's a, a stat that said something like people who uh or when or when given the same information people who pay for it are more likely to implement it and actually find uh, effect in it. And that, that's because of the accountability that the money uh, 
that they spent on it makes them have right could you maybe speak on that like do you think that that's that's the case yeah no i a hundred percent agree with that i'm glad you mentioned it because a lot of people because think about it this way right like in a way um like energy you it's like you cannot create it or destroy it it just has to flow or be transferred and in a way if you think about it if there's a course and it's like a thousand dollars right if i was to give someone that course for free but someone else had to pay the thousand dollars the person who got it for free they never gave anything to receive value so there's no exchange in anything there's no like there's nothing being done there's no commitment being made it's like oh it's free as opposed to the other person let it let it be a thousand dollars maybe they are insanely wealthy and to them a thousand dollars is nothing or maybe their a thousand dollars is you know a month's worth of pay or whatever right mm -hmm. they still have to give something to receive and so they're already obligated they've put something like they put their foot into the door as opposed to the other person like they've literally done nothing so they have no like there's no i guess urgency or there's no again like commitment so i 100 percent believe in that and I really like the whole morally obligated um, to give your advice, right? Because at the end of the day, there are a lot of people in, I guess, the whole uh, guru industry that, you know, they they do scams, they do all these like unethical things, which it's a shame that it has come to this. Like it's almost at a point where it's mm -hmm. like, you know, selling a course is like kind of like a slimy thing to do. And again, like. I'm sure we've both taken a lot of online courses. There's some that mm -hmm. we definitely love. And there's some where we feel like, okay, like this really probably wasn't worth it. There's some where it's like, we just may feel totally ripped off, which again is fine. But the whole point is, you know, when you genuinely have a product or when you genuinely have a skill set or knowledge that you believe can change lives, it's like, why wouldn't you want to help out other people? Right? So I feel like when you have that, it's insanely powerful. Absolutely. And when I think of that, I think the thing that I would go with and if I was to create an information product like this, it would be something that I'm uh, super passionate about, which is the, the concept of house hacking. And you and I have talked about this, but I don't think that there's a bigger thing that can have an impact on a person's life than uh, than house hacking. And for people who haven't heard me talk about it before, it's um, being creative with purchasing a house so that you can live in it but also rent out portions of it so that uh that you can pay less for your housing and be able to save more to invest later right so that's a that's a concept that i feel as a person i'm morally obligated to share with as many people because i just start to think like what is the effect this is going to have on their lives if they get this information versus if they don't and don't take action on it right so that's where i start to feel like if I'm not doing all I can to get them to take action um, on these ideas and these strategies, then I'm really doing the people I know a disservice because I know how much of an effect it can have on a life, right? Yeah, and I agree because I remember like when we were um, filming videos together a few months ago, I remember like I asked you, I'm like, what's something you want to talk about? And the first thing I remember you saying was house hacking. And it's like, like you literally feel like that's what you really want to share information about and again it's because you are again the expert at it and it's something that like you are aware of and you want to tell more people and teach more people about yeah and, and at that point it's like if putting a price tag on a book that i could potentially write about it or on a course that can help people go through the steps on all the do you know what i mean like putting a price tag on it if that's going to um, make them more accountable to actually taking the action, then it's, it could be my responsibility to do that 
because it's going to make them more likely to actually make a change, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's not really about the money. It's more about the principle of actually exchanging, you know, money for something else, right? Because again, like, realistically, there are some courses out there, and I've even paid for some courses where the information is all online for free. I could spend hours researching it, but it's just, you pay the person who already knows it. So you save your time as well. And you don't have to go through, you know, those hours of research, those hours of failing. It's just, if you're already doing it successfully, why wouldn't I just pay you and learn directly from you as well, right? So that's why it's kind of, you know, when you put the money in, it's just like, okay, I, like, you've definitely made a lot of, a lot of, I guess, um, mistakes and a lot of learning lessons that came from it. And now you're able to repurpose that and teach people it. So it's like, the cost is insanely, like, cheaper compared to the cost of actually learning it yourself. Yeah, in in both money and time, right? Exactly. If you can have all of this information packaged in one in one spot, and it's going to actually make an impact on your life, then that's the kind of value that you want to be bringing in a sort of information product that you could create. A hundred percent, exactly. You just nailed the coffin right there. Yeah. So, with that out of the way, to explain. Um, how this is all uh, morally relevant and how you should be obligated to do these things if you really believe in what you're selling. There's other elements that Russell Brunson gets into and he says you need to be able to be good at persuading people to um, take action and to uh, buy into to the information you're trying to give. So he talks so much about you need to be able to persuade people properly. Um, and there's a point that he makes about um, how people will do anything for those who encourage their dreams justify their failures allay their um their fears confirm their suspicions and help them throw rocks at their enemies um so this it kind of sounds a little confusing if you're hearing it for the first time but yeah. do you want to talk a little bit about uh, uh what that means and uh, how that can help to persuade somebody yeah no 100 percent. and i mean like this is literally like sales, right? So obviously with sales, you want to play with people's emotions, again, ethically. Um, and I guess like we can, if you want, I can even give some like real life examples of like what I use. I kind of remember them. I, if you want, I can do that. Absolutely. Well. Yeah. 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 So um, what I did, I don't really sell it anymore, but what I did sell was a course on how real estate agents can use Instagram to leverage their business. And for me, um, like one of the things like justify their failures would be like, we all know realtors who, you know, they spend hours door knocking and they don't have their scripts, right? So for me, it was like, you know what? I understand that you are door knocking and looking for leads. That's what we're kind of taught to do. Um, throw rocks at their enemies. I remember I would always poke fun at like cold calling. I'd be like, yeah, like who really likes to wake up and, you know, cold call for four hours when you can make content and have way more people see you anyways. Um, encourage their dreams. I believe one, one thing that I used to say was, hey, like, wouldn't it be amazing if you could post some videos online and have people who you've never met before message you first and ask to work with you. Um, I don't remember what I put for the other two, but pretty much in a way it's kind of just, I guess, sales copy. Um, and it's really just teaching people like how you would do it for your industry. Cause obviously, like I said, mine was um, using Instagram as a real estate agent, but again, this could be anything, right? Like it can literally be, um, you know, maybe if you're a basketball coach, it can be, Oh, I understand that people told you that you should shoot this way, but, you know, let's throw rocks at them. They were wrong or they didn't do it as effectively as shooting this way. Right. Mm. Yeah. So, so yeah. taking care of each of those elements are ways that you can build up that ability to persuade them to see that 
your opportunity that you're offering them is valuable, right? Exactly. Yeah, and again, it it automatically makes you think, hey, like the ethical problems with with sales and people being feeling guilty about doing that. But <laughs> like, if you are genuinely selling something that will help people. Again, it's your obligation to develop these skills so that you can bring it to as many people as possible. Yeah, exactly. And like, I know like people say like, oh, like sales is evil. But like, again, when you're selling something like ethically, there really isn't a problem with, you know, doing some like sales tactics and what at the end of the day, it's not really like it's persuasion. Like it's like the truth. It's not like we're lying to people. Yeah, and you're you're using this ability to persuade them and developing this persuasion ability so that you can help them make the choices that are going to make a positive impact on their life, right? Exactly. That's the that's the way I see it, and that's the only way I would ever be able to operate, right? I mean, these skills could be used for evil, right? You said you yeah. you've felt ripped off by some courses, <laughs> and you felt so it it is buyer beware out there. But if you genuinely believe in what your what the information is and the opportunity that you're bringing to people, then it's a no brainer. You need to develop these skills. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I agree. Yeah. And they talk a little bit about how the message that you're bringing them needs to be like the four minute mile. And I don't know if you've heard the four minute mile story before. Have you Riddies? Yeah, it's like where um like the world record and everyone thought that it couldn't be beat and yeah I don't know if maybe you want to touch on it because I'm not a hundred percent sure how it is. You're exactly right. Yeah, for for I think decades people held the belief that running a mile in under four minutes was impossible. This was just a widely held belief that nobody could ever do it. No one had ever done it, and like over all of these years, it had never been done. All it took right. was one guy who I guess trained and trained and trained and trained and yeah. he ran a mile under four minutes. Wow. And, and you think, wow, like that's incredible. It could never be done. It's impossible. The, yeah. the crazy thing was as soon as this person did it and was able to do it within the next year, there were five other people, roughly four or five other people who had also done it after decades right. of people thinking it was impossible. And so this sort of parable, this story teaches us that it really is a matter of belief, what you believe you can do and what you believe is possible. So in the context of Expert Secrets, uh, Russell Brunson is comparing it to this four minute mile saying like, if you are benefiting uh, from the opportunity that you want to bring to people, you need to show them uh that this is actually possible and that they can do it and uh, show them that you've done it and here i'm gonna i'm gonna bring you along the way and it is possible so you can do it too right so it's developing that message so you're really showing them that it's something that's possible because you've done it right yeah no and i i really like that because it's like people i guess even in like sales like they have like that kind of um limiting belief like oh i'm not able to do this this isn't for me but it's like when you show you know people that hey like this is something that i've done my students have done other people have done then it's excuse me then it's like you can kind of get them to relate to you and then they'll in a way feel like they can do it too absolutely that's why i love that that story because it really shows how like people think beliefs are this sort of airy thing that doesn't really have an effect on the physical world but just in that example Right? You see how just a change in mindset can can change the whole landscape of an industry, right? 
Yeah, and it's like there's this quote, um, it's like your thoughts become your beliefs and your beliefs become your reality. And like that's just something that is like very, very true. And we see time in and time out again, even in our personal lives. Like it can be anything little like, oh, like I am going to do this. And if you keep on thinking it or like I'm going to be successful, whatnot, it will become a reality. Yeah, and if people want to hear more about that, check out the the past few episodes that we've done on three simple steps because there's a, a the bulk of that book is about um, that sort of topic. So if you if you find yourself being oh okay that's pretty interesting, check that out, read that book. It, it's a good one for that. Uh, so the next part that Russell Brunson gets into uh, in the book is he talks about how people would rather uh, a new opportunity over top of. Um, an improvement to something that's already being done. So if your vehicle is framed, uh, like the vehicle you're using to take them towards this end result that you want them to have, uh, if your vehicle is a totally new opportunity, it's going to be more effective. Uh, do you remember this part of the book, Radice, from when you, you read it? Yeah, I do remember it. But one thing, like, I don't know if with this part, I feel like this is the one part where, like, I wasn't sure if, like, I was 100% in, like, agreement to it. Okay. Um. Then I don't know. Like, what do you think? So, like, do you think like this is the way that people would rather have a new opportunity over an improvement, or what? Uh. Well, based on what he talks about in the book, I can definitely see his side of things. Say so, because it, he's saying that if you bring a new opportunity, it's easier to have it accepted than something people already know a little bit about. Because, like, mm -hmm. may, like say we're talking about weight loss, and you say like, "Hey, here's a new way that." Um, going on a carb free. yeah like here's a new way to lose weight through going carb free right if if somebody's already tried carb free and they're like yeah you know what i've done that it didn't work for me they already have this past experience of failure and they know that if they need to improve upon that it's just going to be a lot of hard work and hard work and hard work and people generally for better or worse don't like to do that hard work so if you bring in something that's an improvement to something they know, they might be more resistant to saying, hey, here's this new thing. You haven't even tried it yet. Give it a chance. Right. Mm -hmm. So I yeah, could see no, that. that but but I guess you, you 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 kind of saw the other side of things there. Well, I, I see both sides. And I think like one thing to note is I guess it really depends on what type of um, niche or I guess what the opportunity is. Right. Like, again, I feel like if it's something a bit more um, specific, I feel like it might be a bit harder to do as opposed to if it's a bit less specific like i like your weight loss example which makes sense like you know like one thing is like a new opportunity could be like oh like have you ever tried like fasting a lot of people they probably haven't and it's like i feel like they're more easily i guess i guess they're more open to trying that as opposed to if it's something like oh you know don't do your instagram page like this do it like this people are going to be like oh well like i'm already doing it this way like why is your way better like they might have like I, I see what yeah i see i see where it makes sense like i feel like there's like a fine line it's like again finding what works for you in that sense um but yeah i do agree and i think in my situation i was probably just too niche so it didn't really work out like how it worked out for russell um but yeah no it does make sense yeah and i think like it he talks about and this is a concept throughout the book he talks <laughs> about uh a blue ocean versus a red ocean he uses these words to describe whether or not a market um is saturated with people trying to teach the same sort of thing right and he says you can avoid this um red ocean which like it, i guess it's the analogy is there's a bunch of sharks in it already eating fish right and it's yeah. red from the from the blood of eating the fish right yeah. versus a blue ocean with their where it's it's open waters right it, it's only you in it 
So I think in order to always present a new opportunity, you can just niche down farther and farther and farther so that it is a new opportunity instead of an improvement, right? Like I guess for your example with the uh, leveraging Instagram to increase your real estate sales, right? People may hear that and think like, oh, I already do Instagram and it's not doing anything. Yeah. But if you can put into the title, uh, like leveraging Instagram for your real estate sales business by and go like and go deeper by creating content you're pa- like you're passionate about or go like deeper down yeah. into the niche of it or by creating only content about food or something like that. Like th- this sort yeah. of thing is like a new opportunity that people are like, hey, exactly. I, I know Instagram, but I've never heard of this, right? Yeah, no, I agree. And I think, again, like, it's, like, different, Um, I guess, like, different niches have, like, different ways of going about it. Because, like, again, there are certain markets that are very broad, but, again, it's still a blue ocean because there aren't people in that space just yet. Like, like, I'm sure, like, people would love to know, you know, how to go viral on TikTok. Maybe there are already courses on it. I don't know, but I feel like, hey, like, that is pretty new, pretty upcoming. Um, so I feel like that's something that's like, again, a blue ocean that will very quickly turn into a red ocean, right? Yeah. And I guess the main concept that he's trying to hammer home is that no matter what your passion is, it's not oversaturated. You just need to go deeper into one element of that, right? Like if I were to make videos about um, or make content or make a course only about real estate investing, which is another thing I'm super passionate about. There's a lot of people doing that, right? There's a lot yeah. of people already doing, already covering that broad of a, a spectrum, right? But if you take the extra step to get down to a blue ocean, you can get to um, house hacking only. Do you know what I mean? Like exactly. this course is only, or this book is only about house hacking. And then it limits it down to maybe yourself and just a few other people, as opposed to hundreds of people trying to sort of teach the same content. So if you keep on asking, like, how do I get more and more specific? I guess that's what he's saying will create a blue ocean. Yeah. And I mean, even like, I really like your example there, because if you think about it, if you wanted to learn house hacking, again, you have like two options. You can buy the course that's about real estate investing, or you can buy the course that's specifically about house hacking. And chances are the person who's just making a house hacking course is probably going to be, I guess, more knowledgeable about house hacking instead of, you know, purchasing like the broad product you have it specifically. So it's easier, I guess, to find your ideal customer as well. Yeah, because you're, you're honing into the people who only want exactly what you're giving, right? Exactly. And I mean, I know there was a part in the book as well where he talks about how there's like um, the niche that you're in, which again, in your case is real estate. In my case, I guess it could be like social media. And it's like from our niche, we then find our sub niche. And, like, and that's like what we really hammer down on. Yeah. So for yourself, you, you cover a lot of social media and a lot of uh, business building tips in terms of social media. How have you dug into your niche and, and what, what do you see that is? Like, how do you conceptualize that for yourself? Yeah. And I, like for me, like the past few months have just been a roller coaster. Um, Cause again, like I was, like I said, a real estate agent before. Um, Now, I guess like I haven't really announced it publicly, but I'm probably going to like stop being a realtor for the most part. Um, I'd say my niches right now, I probably have about like three sub niches. One would be um, teaching people the concept and the possibilities of Forex trading. Two would probably be a bit more mindset because I really like making mindset videos because it's something that people, I guess, love. 
Um, and I guess the third and final one would be making money from a personal brand. So for those three, they are all pretty niche down in the sense that they're not ex in extremely broad, but at the same time, they're not insanely specific. So I can kind of dabble in between the three and then kind of see where it takes me type of thing. So I'm still figuring out like, exactly what I want to do. But right now, I still have the three right now that are working pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. And I imagine like as these currently blue oceans become more and more red, the way to do it is just to get even more specific, like how to be successful in Forex trading um, with some sort of hitch to it, right? Yeah, like as a day trader or something like that. Like there's yeah, or, so many different things. Or by using virtual assistants to to take yeah. it down to 10 minutes a day. Do you know what I mean? Like like yeah. figuring out these sort of things that make it have this other edge, but may not be necessary right now given it may be more of a blue ocean, right? Yeah, and like literally that's why it's such a, such like an amazing concept because as you are the expert, you are constantly changing, adapting, and doing different things. Like I'm sure, you know, real estate investing before COVID was a lot different compared to real estate investing during COVID. And like I know for a fact there are people who literally made courses on or master classes or whatever you call it on how to invest in real estate virtually. And I mean that's something that they had to adapt to themselves and then they were in a position to teach. Right. So it's like forever a game of adapting and learning and then teaching what you're learning. Yeah. And this is just all about providing value for people. Right. And and the way that you're going to develop yourself is with a focus on adding value to other people. Right. This is like <laughs> why people would ever hire a realtor. Right. It's because they've mm -hmm. gone through the effort of understanding how this transaction works. Right. And for, for any given business where you're hiring a, a professional to work with you, it's like this person has committed the time to go deep on this and they can bring me this sort of information and expertise. And so it's your obligation to be up on the new things and niching down into these areas so that you are the expert about these things. Exactly. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like it would be an awful position if you're teaching something and someone asks you a question and you don't know the answer to the question. Because then it's like, well, if you don't know the answer, why are you even teaching me this in the first place? Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's why it's so important to really be up on what you're teaching. It, it may be mm -hmm. less ethical to teach something that you know that you don't know as well right and it's, yeah. that's that's kind of like a balancing act though because they talk about if you're in that mindset of like like when what line do you cross where you can say i'm an expert on this right there's no like your results have to be your credentials right mm, yeah and i think like that's like you just said it perfectly there like i would say for you to be an expert i feel like it's not it, it it is your knowledge but i feel like it's also what results do you have that other people want for them to even consider you an expert mm. right because like for example like to someone who owns zero properties you may be their real estate expert but to someone who owns like a hundred properties like they'll look at you and be like you're not an expert i'm an expert right so i feel like it's all relative yeah and the same person who has 100 properties people who own uh like real estate investment trusts might look at yeah. them as like what are you even doing we're closing on 100 <laughs> units a month 
right? Yeah, yeah. So so it's a, a continual like bigger fish, bigger fish, bigger fish chain. And mm-hmm. if if you were to follow that all the way, the only people who would ever be able to teach are people who aren't interested in teaching at all at this point, right? Exactly. And I mean, again, though, like it does make sense because if you think about it, for someone who's, I guess, just beginning in real estate investing, they're not going to want to learn instantly how to buy 100 units a month, right? They're mm-hmm. going to want to figure out, like, how do I get my first deal? So that's why people who just have one deal, it makes sense for them to make a course because they will teach what the beginners want to do. So like you said, it's like bigger fish, bigger fish. People eventually go through that journey because if you think about it, like people who are, you know, high level millionaires, like their mentors are not people who are at the same level, people that are above them. And those mentors, they don't have students who are, you know, not at that, I guess, millionaire level or that status level or whatnot, right? Yeah, there's value to learning from somebody who's uh, only a few steps ahead of you, right? Exactly. They're they're not as far removed from your current experience, and they're the ones who were just where you were and now are where you want to be. So who better to bridge that gap than somebody who is just a couple steps ahead? Exactly. Yeah, you said it perfectly. Like when you bridge that gap, if the gap is too far, it's impossible to to like really build that connection, right? Yeah, it's like how how can you you relate to somebody who has a thousand units when you're buying your yeah. first deal, right? It's like exactly. you're the you think in such a different way. Yeah, that that so that's I think that's the one thing that can sort of alleviate the concerns about feeling like am I really an expert? Because to somebody you are, right? Exactly. Absolutely, and so he in the book it talks about um, how it's important to to give people in order to get them like bought into to learning what you have to give them first you need to uh, give them what they want instead of what you believe they need so instead of giving them all this information about specifically what you think will make this big impact you need to find out what exactly it is that they want to learn and make sure you give them that so that they actually see the value in it and uh, will have their immediate questions answered. And he gets into some strategy on how to make this happen. Um, uh, I think that there's a there's a section of that in the book. Is that right, Rudis? Um, yeah, and I think like I don't remember if this was in this book, but it was. Um, there was a quote called "Talk, don't talk to your audience like how you want to talk to them." talk to them how they want to be spoken to because like we all have different audiences right like certain people you'll have to say different things for you to relate to them so for example like if you're talking to a real estate agent you know you're gonna have to know real estate terms you know real estate i guess inside jokes you know we all know that you know logging into the mls takes about like 50 days (laughs) right and this is like once you have those like little inside scoops like you can talk to your audience how they want to be talked to you can relate to them so i guess having that um what would you call it, like market research in a way is very important because yeah like once they understand that they can relate to you and you're speaking to them how you how they want to be spoken to then you can kind of after you gain that trust you can kind of throw something else at them that will make them uncomfortable but again they have that trust already so it's like they're kind of more open to it yeah it's like hey i've given you exactly to the t what you want now check this out. I think it's going to make a big positive difference in your life. Exactly. And usually what exactly they want is like a result. So it can be something like, oh, like I want to be able to shoot free throws above a 50% percentage. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, like, look, I will literally teach you how to do that. I can do it. My students can do it. 
this is what you need. And then it's like, okay, like you're giving me what I want, but I have to do this. That's fine. I'll do this to get that. Yeah. And by teaching them and getting them over this 50% uh, free throw uh, the level, then they develop that trust. Hey, this person can take me from point A to point B. And they're going to trust the advice you have. It's like, hey, now you've done this. This was your goal. But you know what's really going to improve your game? is understanding more game sense about basketball. And here's my information about actually where, why people play the way they do. Here's my analysis of the pros. It might be not something that you're interested in, but if you've seen that their advice has taken you from point A to point B about something that you specifically want, then how much more are you going to trust them about like, hey, I really need to understand how people are rotating like mid-play yeah. to, to yeah. improve my game when I'm playing with the guys at the gym, right? Yeah, and it's like, literally like the whole sales funnel aspect like it all starts with you know maybe you have like a free video that teaches them something and then they're like oh okay like i want to get your book then they get your book and it's like wow your book was amazing now i want to get your course i want to get into your mentorship program a coaching call whatever right so it's like you are constantly building that trust with whatever you have for free whatever you have as like i guess a low ticket item a high ticket item and just constantly taking them up that value ladder absolutely and Again, it's about bringing people this value that they need and having them have the accountability to actually implement it through, through buying that information, right? Exactly, yeah. Absolutely. So I think that's huge. And he goes into some practical ways that you can find out, hey, what is it actually that, they, that people want? and want to hear and want to want to learn what is this thing if i go in and i'm a basketball coach and making basketball videos and i go immediately into teaching the game sense side of things it's not going to work out i need to find out oh people want to get above 50 percent on the free throw i need to focus on that first so russell brunson says some ways to do that you can make a quick survey he talks about and and get your friends and family to fill it out people you know that's a first step but maybe get involved in some facebook groups that are about basketball right and then once you've added some value to those communities ask them hey could you fill this out i want to find out what people want to learn right and if you can get them to give you that information that's huge that kind of data can help you so much in terms of your marketing for your your content and for figuring out how you can speak to people the way they want to be spoken to yeah no i really like that as well because um what i did was um I, I probably did something that was probably less efficient than just going on facebook what i was doing was i was giving um free coaching calls to real estate agents and i would literally just have them ask me like any questions they want for like you know some calls are like 30 minutes to an hour or whatever and i was not only offering value on the call but the whole time i was taking notes and saying oh like I'm noticing a lot of people are asking this question. So mm. this should be something that I really cover uh, in my course and even make a lot of free content on because it's like the big concern for people, right? And it's like when you survey people who are essentially your future customers, it just puts you at like such a good position for when you are releasing whatever you're releasing. Yeah, because you know exactly what their main struggles are, right? Like you are informed on what is the, the real problem here? Right. Like if you're trying to sell a course to real estate agents and you think that their their biggest struggle is something that it's not right, like you need to get down to what they're actually looking for and how else are you going to do that than finding out through like the ways that you said or like Russell Brunson said, like having a survey going through like the Facebook groups to get them to fill it out. 
right? It, mm-hmm. if, you, if you can hone in your message and your marketing to, to touch on those major problems and concerns, then it'll be infinitely more effective. Yeah, because literally even with the sales copy we were talking about before, like the um, uh, throw rocks at your enemies, the uh, justified failures, all those as well. Literally, once you have these questions that they're asking, you can just implement those five things with the questions and tie it all in together. Yeah, so you're kind of using this um, this spy data, this market research that you're getting from yeah. them, filling this out and using it to to point your marketing and everything in that in that direction. And that, it, that ties in through all the different strategies that he talks about in Expert Secrets. And of course, we're not going to be able to touch on everything today. People should really, really check out this book. But mm-hmm. you can use that same sort of information um, to figure out what you want to be able to tell them in terms of stories. We talked a little bit about storytelling earlier, but there's a whole section in this book about how to tell an effective story. So I think that's something that we should get into a little bit before we finish up here is really touching on that because Brunson says that you're not going to get people to change their minds, right? Nobody will ever change their mind from something that you tell them by like explaining, here's the data, here's all this information. It's like, that, that's not the way that you get someone to change their mind. Instead, Russell Brunson says you need to use something called an epiphany bridge story. So do you, do you remember a little bit about what, from the last time you read it? What was the Epiphany I, Bridge? I slightly remember it, but I think it's, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's like we all have these moments in life where we kind of go through something and it's like, oh, this is like an Epiphany moment. And that's in a way the thing that we went through that a lot of other people are going through as well. So for example, it can be like, oh, like I was playing a basketball. I know we were using basketball. Yeah, lot, but it's <laughs> yeah, a good example. Like I like it. <laughs> yeah um it's, it can just be like oh like uh it was like i was about to shoot a clutch free throw the crowd was going crazy and i shot and i missed and to me that was like an epiphany moment so now i need to work on my free throws i need to get that percentage up higher so when that happens i never do it again yeah that's exactly right yeah so I know it's a little bit more fresh because I just finished this book a, a couple days ago, but that's exactly yeah. that's exactly what it, what it's about, right? It's about using stories to put people into the exact same mindset that you were in right before you made this big realization that this new opportunity or this information that you're trying to provide them with was the only way to to make something happen, right? So it, it would be like for for me for house hacking is being like realizing if I am going to like buy a house and have this huge mortgage payment then I'm realizing like I'm going to have to keep working at the level at my highest capacity working these 40 50 hour weeks like really trying to crush it so I can keep up with the mortgage payment keep up with all this right but then realizing hey like then maybe I won't be able to see my future kids and being able to tell a story that really gets you to the point right before you made that realization will allow them to make that realization for themselves the same one that you did right before you got super passionate about it so you're not changing their minds you're just telling them a story so effectively that it puts them in the same emotional state and same mental state that you were in right before you got as passionate as you currently are about the topic yeah, no, I mean, you just said it perfectly. There. And I think one thing that I really love about this book is 
the whole epiphany bridge, the whole like the five things that it, it literally all ties in together. And which is why, like I really said, like this book to me was like a handbook because when you pick it up, you read through it. And it's like every time, you know, you see like the epiphany bridge, like you can read it. And literally when you're done reading, write your epiphany bridge story and write everything that you have gone through because there is something right. Like there is something there where, you know, it can like, like for you, like you said, it can, it can be house hacking. But I'm sure like you can tie that into a story where you also incorporate the four minute mile where it's like, oh, with this, I was able to hit, you know, X amount of revenue per month, which I didn't know was possible before. And it's like you just tie everything in and it just works perfectly. Yeah, it, it it's it's the book is sort of formatted in a way that it's all these kind of like little sections about these different things. But as you get yeah. farther and farther through it, you realize, oh, man, this is just the same stuff that I learned earlier. And I'm taking it and I'm applying it here to make this storytelling ability even better and to finally tune it, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I I think that that's, I think the hallmark of a well-written book is that it teaches you things and you you can then use those skills later on. But the one fault I find in this book, it's a little bit like um, drinking from a fire hose. Right. It's it's a lot of information all at once that you're just like pushed into. But I think if you look at it from the mindset that you were saying, like thinking of it as a handbook, right, you can refer back to this. You don't need to be able to remember everything first read, but to as long as you know what's in it and where you can go to to get what you need, then that's where it's at. Yeah, I mean, I literally just looked down the book and it literally does say the underground playbook. And I didn't even notice that till like literally right now. So I guess it's literally a playbook. And I mean, it makes sense because it's like a play by play, a step by step um, concept. Because, yeah, this isn't like a book where you would kind of like, you know, just kind of like quickly like binge through and it's like, all right, you're done. Like there's all like it's very information heavy. So it's like you have to if you're not I feel like if you're not taking action on it, it it will be hard to do because it's like you know, it's hard to like read about all this. And then when you're not actually like writing out the stories or whatever, you might kind of get lost and be like, oh, like, how does this work? But like when you're actually in the process, I feel like it's definitely helpful. Because yeah, this book, it took me probably like a month and a half to properly go through. And like I said, like I usually read like fast. So it, yeah. it definitely is a long one. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're being conscious. And this is a big thing on this show on the builders build on the business builders book club is that yeah. it's more important to actually put this information into place and actually take action on it, right? Than it is to continue to read another book, right? Like you need to be actually implementing the things that you're learning because when you start taking action, things start to actually happen, right? Yeah, no, 100%. And I mean, that's the whole point, right? Like, why would you read a book if you're not gonna, like, like what's the point of reading the book? <laughs> and that, that's the trap everyone falls into. And I have myself, like I've read a lot of books over the past few years and there are definitely some that, yeah, I read them, but I can't tell you a single thing that I actually practically implemented from it, even though I thought it was a great book at the time. And that's on me, not the book. Yeah, no, I agree. And I feel like that's in a way like information overload. Because I remember even when I was reading a book a week, one thing that I did is I had um, like an accountability group with, I'm sure you know, Nolan and Khalil. What we would do is every week, we would hop on a phone call and we would tell each other a few things that we learned from the book. And, you know, meanwhile, it was great, but it wasn't every single time we were applying something from the book. It may be something that we are looking to apply, you know, months or years down the road. But like by then, we're probably going to forget it. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's like it's 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 hard. It, is, it definitely is hard. And it's like finding that balance is what I feel like people struggle to do. Yeah. And I 
think that's the inspiration for this podcast being a thing. Uh, the typical format of it is that we have it split up. This is going to be a, a one-off episode just covering this book. But typically I like to um, meet, so maybe we can make a video or something about it, but meet down the road and see how we've actually implemented the things from this book since we first read it on the podcast, right? So if you've checked out the right. one on three simple steps, uh, Jacob and I, we come back each episode uh, after talking about it on the previous one. Here are the steps we're going to take this week to get us closer oh, wow. to this and then talk about what we actually implemented the next time. So for us, for that book, since we're, we're not meeting up in podcast form, I still want to touch on what do you think people could immediately implement right now over the next week to to get some of the essential things out of this book what, like what initially comes to mind for you good question i would say the easiest thing to probably do is literally think of you know three to five things that you're insanely passionate about or here's a better one what's something that people have asked you for help for so not even that you think you're good at or whatever um like what is something that people ask you for because for me i had zero intention on making a course about like that, that was never an idea for me, but it wasn't until there were countless people asking like, Reese, like, how do you make your videos? How do you do this? Blah, 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 whatever. I was like, oh, like maybe I should, you know, do something with it. So there are things, you know, and I'm sure for you, it's like, oh, Russell, like house hacking, like that just sounds crazy. Like, how do you do that? Because mm -hmm. there are people who will ask you things. And I feel like once you are self-aware of what people are asking you, then you're kind of in a position like, okay, like since so many people, like, you know, I'm known as like, again, the basketball guy or whatever. Um, that might be like, oh, like if people are asking basketball questions, maybe that's my thing. Maybe that's something that I can teach people. So that's, I'd say one thing, um, definitely look up or not look up, figure out and try and try and be self-aware of what you are good at or super passionate about. Because it might not even be something you've put a ton of effort into learning, right? There are people who are just innately a little bit better about things like for for you understanding instagram and having that be something that seems a little more simple to you than i think it would to somebody else so even though it may not be something you thought of yourself as an expert on before it's like you've kind of become it right so i think that's a great tip to sort of figure out what have people been asking me advice about right and that could be my area of expertise the thing that comes to mind for me take exactly what radis just said uh figure out what that is and come up with uh, an epiphany bridge story for uh, how you realized that uh, what you were doing was beneficial or why, or why it's important to take the advice that you're giving about the topic, right? So come up yeah. with some sort of origin story for yourself and so that you can effectively communicate how you got into the mindset of thinking this is as important as it is exactly and like an easier way to even do that because like if an epiphany bridge story is kind of too hard literally just talk about your journey on how you started like again for example i see you wearing a lease hat let's just say for mm -hmm. example it's start learning how to skate like how did you learn how to skate how old were you how did it start when did you learn how to do like backwards crossovers how did you like how do you like when did you do that and if you tell that story again it doesn't have to be an epiphany bridge but it's just like oh cool like you went through it like people know now exactly yeah and then if you've read expert secrets which i definitely recommend there's a whole section on what makes a good story and how mm -hmm. how to structure it so i'd say go through that section and once you have this sort of base formula like you're saying Rudy's, like just the the story of how you made it happen in the first place then see hey how can i tweak this so that it makes a good and interesting story
right? Exactly. Yeah. And I like that because I feel like when we are given everything, like kind of how you said, like the information overload, we might try and be like, oh, like I need to get perfect and do this. But no, like, don't worry about that. Write your story down and then make little tweaks. And I feel like that would just be way more effective. Yeah. Rather than this sort of daunting thing that is a task you have to do rather than just like remembering what is actually the way it was (laughs) do you know what i mean exactly because then it's like it's kind of in a way like similar like analysis paralysis like you're just trying to perfect something that can never really truly be perfected yeah so i think that those are two really good areas to start and that we can both implement even more so i know you've already sort of started to do this with your instagram course but maybe now as you're sort of transitioning a little bit away from uh real estate full-time and more focusing on the the more beneficial areas for you the branding and and um, mm-hmm. the forex and maybe something that you could do is figure out what that origin story is for you and we'll have yeah. to touch base but maybe we'll do like a quick like 20 minute update episode over the next yeah. couple of weeks and uh, talk about a little bit about what we personally did and maybe we'll have some feedback from some viewers that are uh, that are trying to do the same sort of thing Yeah, and I think an even interesting one might even be in a few months where, you know, maybe you have a wholesaling course and I have something else going on. And it's like, guys, like we actually did it. (laughs) Yeah, that's where we are now. So that would be interesting, too. Yeah, I'm 100% ready to do that. I'm down. Absolutely. Well, we'll set that up so that uh, people can follow along with what we're doing with it. And we want to hear what you're doing. So feel free to get in touch. You can get in touch via via Instagram, via Facebook. We have all those sort of pages. You can just search for the Business Builders Book Club. Um, and while we're on that note, uh, Radice, why don't you tell the people where they can find you and uh, uh, plug anything that you've got going on right now? Yeah, um, like I said, I'm on Instagram, on YouTube. Um, my name is hard to spell. I'm sure Russell will probably type it out, but it's R A D I E S R A J A K U L A M. Um, I guess in terms of what I have to plug, nothing really. I mean, I I did also write a book. <laughs> um, so this is my book called Seeking Success. Um, it's kind of like my origin story as well as a lot of stuff that i've learned um it's nothing like crazy it's a pretty short read um so if anyone's interested they can check that out um and yeah other than that just go hit up my socials we've also made videos together um that if you guys are interested in russell we have i think like two or three videos together on youtube definitely go check those out as well i think your followers will definitely find value in that already if they haven't Sounds good. Yeah. If you're watching this on YouTube, I'll link it below or it's in the show notes wherever you're listening. So feel free to check that out. And yeah, follow Radice on Instagram because he is on that game. You can, there's lots of good info <laughs> on in the stories and uh, in his posts. And it's uh, over my head a little bit on how quickly you can put out that sort of <laughs> high level content. But uh, I think I people that. really, really dig that. So um, yeah, thank you so much for hopping on here. It was a great book. It's a book I wouldn't have read if you didn't recommend it. I wouldn't have just stumbled upon it. So I, that's why I love about this podcast. It's opening my eyes to so many different things. So thank you for, for coming on and doing this. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. This is actually like my first time I've ever been on a podcast. So it was an amazing experience. And I hope the listeners especially got a lot of value from it. Absolutely. Well, we'll have to uh, catch up again uh, in, I guess, a few months when we do that follow-up podcast. And uh, yeah. until then, uh, thanks again. And I'll see you next time. Yep. See you later, guys. Thanks for listening to the Business Builders Book Club, helping you bridge the gap between knowledge and action. Stay tuned and remember, when information becomes action, things start to happen.